Welcome back to season three of the podcast and the last episode of this season. That means this Friday coming up starts a brand new season, season four. That's right. But today's episode is going to be a very special guest. For now, I'm going to introduce myself. I'm Amanda, your host. As many of you know, I wrote my autobiography as a survivor of human trafficking. It's called Custom Justice, in case you didn't know. Keeping in line with that, this entire season has been dedicated to interviewing other people who wrote about their own experiences as trauma survivors and how they overcame their past. As much as we all hate commercials, of course, they are a necessary evil these days, and that's what keeps the show on the air. So you can show support by purchasing one of my mini books or donating through PayPal or leaving a review on whatever platform you listen to this podcast on. That goes a long way to helping other people find the podcast. As always, a portion of everything that I make does go to local organizations to help fight human trafficking. So look in the description of this podcast to find the links for the books or donations if you'd like to help out on that mission. Hey, folks, welcome back to the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Amanda Blackwood. I have with me a pretty amazing young lady today. She's going to tell you all about her story of resilience and handling life's obstacles and upheavals. And she's got an incredible amount of courage. So welcome to the show, Kate Ekman. Thank you so much for having me. It's a joy to be here with you. Of course, of course. And I know that we had originally scheduled it for sometime last week. So I apologize. And it's nice to... Um, and have somebody with your kind of history who still has the flexibility to be able to work with me when I'm not well. So I appreciate you. You're amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you. You know, I, I like to look at silver linings and I think that when you go through difficult times or struggles yourself, it's not in vain and it's not wasted and your suffering and your struggling gives you an x-ray lens into the struggling and, and suffering of others. And so in that way, it's such a gift and you can, you can feel that genuinely and authentically when you speak to someone, they're not glazed over that you can feel really seen and heard and acknowledged in your pain and in your inconvenience and in your loss. And so if, and when, um, you are going through that, that dark time, which I'm coming out of a, a very tumultuous year, but I'm grateful for it. It was, um, a reframe of going from this is the worst thing that's ever happened and also the best thing because it has been the catalyst for so much growth and transformation and has, I'll say allowed, not forced, because it was my willingness to do the work that has transformed me into a, a completely new and improved version of myself. And so I think when we can look at the most catastrophic things that can occur as such a gift, um, that will really, really serve you. And for me, I don't want to go back to that person, um, who was great, but, um, I, I think if we're willing to allow some dark moments to make us better, wow, what, what, a what a gift. Um, so in that thing, I, I, you know, let's thank those people. Let's thank those experiences, um, for making us better. Absolutely. Uh, let's start with who you were. Where are you originally from? Where'd you grow up? Yeah, I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. So Midwestern gal and uh, left right after high school and haven't been back since. I mean, for visits, my family is there, but um, I knew there was something more for me than just what was offered in, in Ohio. Yes. 
And not that there's anything wrong with Ohio. Sometimes I wish I was satisfied with a more peaceful, calm life. <laughs> um, but I, you know, my, my dreams and goals took me elsewhere. Yeah. And that's totally understandable. I kind of did the same thing with my hometown. I, uh, when I was 18, I was living in Northern Utah. I couldn't wait to get out of town. <laughs> I think a lot of people and God love the people that are just, they're good where they are. But I think a lot of people, um, want to spread their wings and see what else is, is out there and yeah. whatever your calling is. I think the message is to answer that call, what, whatever that may be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and now you have a new calling in life because of everything that's happened, but let's talk a little bit about what was it that you had to go through? What hit you so hard that it completely changed your life? Yeah. I mean, there's a, I, I had a different thing this past year, but, um, and, and what caused me to really, um, shift gears and, and transform the way I was choosing to view myself in my life is losing two loved ones to suicide in one year and not just the pain of those tragedies, but also what it meant for me. And, um, like them and like most of us, I will say choosing to put our self-worth and, and people and sources outside of ourselves. And when we do that, we can never truly have enough or be enough. So really having to go within, I went back to school and studied positive psychology, whole person coaching techniques, um, neuroscience and really wanted to get a handle on inner uh, fitness, which a mental, emotional and spiritual strength, resilience and confidence that we can only build from within. And, and that gave birth to my book that, that I have here, the full spirit workout. And so, um, you know, and then last year, I think sometimes we all can get into uh, jobs or relationships that we think are one thing and they turn out to be something totally different. Um, but again, that's, it's, it's happening for us. So, um, I think any time that our, our mental or emotional well-being is rocked, that's an awakening. So, um, I, I I'm now talking to, to God and my angels, like, okay, I'm ready to learn through pleasure and, and not pain anymore. And I'm doing my work. I've done my lessons. And I really feel, I feel that shift and I feel, um, learning my lessons now through, through pleasure rather than pain. So that's my wish for everybody. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, I, I love that you're talking about finding that sense of value within yourself because there's so many people who find and, and anchor their sense of value to other things and other people and other, uh, other positions. I've known people that have tied their entire sense of personal value to the job that they've had. Their job is not who they are. The job is just what they do. Yeah. I think we're all guilty of that. I think women primarily, and it's, it's, I don't want to say it's our fault, you know, um, it's, it's this, we're all given these scripts at birth and part of women is, you know, you need to do everything and you better look perfect while you're doing it. And so much value is placed on what we look like in those externals with men. It is, it is more about the, the job and how much money you have. And these are so outdated dinosaur concepts, but yet you see it played out every day. Um, so it's up to us to, to choose to view ourselves as more than what we look like, more than our job and how much money we make. And when we do that, the beautiful thing that happens is when you do that inner work, you don't have to try so hard. You just, you naturally look and feel better because you're doing the, the work. You attract more money, abundance. You know, there can be more than just abundance of money, time, uh, emotional support, love. I'm like, bring on the abundance of, of love. It isn't just financial, um, gifts. And so, um, 
I think it's something to be more aware of. And I think people have the intellectual understanding of this. They just don't know how to put it into practice so much. And that's why I do the work that I do and give people the practical tools and tips to really get in there and do it. But it is something, it is like going to the gym. You can't just go once and be like, Ooh, I'm fit. We all know if you go to the gym once a year, you're not going to be fit. You have to keep going. But as you do go, and as you do this work, you start to feel better. Your relationships improve. You, you feel when, you know, when you're fit and strong and healthy physically, you just feel better. So you want to keep going and same with our emotional and mental health. Absolutely. And I've known a lot of people that believe that going to a therapist uh, means that the therapist is going to, after a year of visiting them once a week, the therapist is going to wave a magic wand and it's going to be done. You wouldn't go to the gym to watch TV. So why are you going to a therapist to expect them to do all the work? Yeah. I mean, yeah. just like a personal trainer, they, they can't do your push-ups and pull-ups for you. I mean, they could, but then you're wasting your money and the results, your trainer is just going to get stronger. So right. put in the work the, and then the, the good news is the results are yours as well. Absolutely. So how did your life overall and your personality and everything kind of change when things kind of went sideways, when you lost your, your loved ones? I think I had to really get honest about how I was choosing to live my life. And, and again, you know, because you get so much validation from society, you're achieving these goals, you're doing things that impress people, you're making the money, you look the part, I always look the part from the outside. And that's why I think so many people were shocked to read the introduction to my book, even where it's just like, wait, you struggled with self-esteem and you were constantly in anxiety and overwhelm and, um, battling all these inner demons, you, you, but you made it look so good. And I think that's, that's such, um, a message to everybody. You see people like even you, it's like, Oh, you look lovely and beautiful and happy. And we have no idea what's really going on for you. And maybe that day you are feeling beautiful and happy on the inside. Brava. But you know, we're, we're humans. I think the sooner that we can embrace the full spectrum of human emotions and that it's actually healthy to feel sad, it's healthy to feel angry at times. You know, um, my coach, I started working with coaches when I was 23 and I remember sharing this, this story with her. And at the end it was like, can you believe he did that? And she said, yeah. And she said, may we never be surprised when a jerk behaves like a jerk and and it's appropriate that you're upset we're not robots we're not blow-up dolls and so um allow yourself to feel that as my coach now says to me if i'm upset she said you get to be and then what are we going to do with it you know you you talk about it you release it and then it's like okay what decision am i going to make from there right wow what do you feel like was the most helpful when you were trying to recover from everything that you were having to go through I think a support system and, you know, um, didn't really have a huge one emotionally, uh, but that's so important. And, and to really seek that out, what, even if you pay for it with, with professionals, I, what just came to mind when you asked that immediately was I let myself off the hook. And this is a practice that is not easy for me or, or anybody, I think, but even right now, kind of um, allowing myself to take more time off or some downtime to heal and knowing that in that time off, in that quiet time, I'm receiving the downloads and upgrades and resting and, and transforming into this, you know, 2.0 version of myself, if you will. Um, and that that is achieving something rather than this constant hustle and grind. And I got to be at the computer 12 hours a day and constantly be achieving and performing and accomplishing and, and knowing that peace of mind is an accomplishment. 
having a three hour lunch with your friend you haven't seen in years and connecting in a deep and meaningful way is accomplishing something. And so really getting a handle on the reframing. But for me, it is even yesterday, I caught myself. I'm like, oh my gosh, is this me owning and embracing not working today on a, what was it? Like a Thursday or whatever day it was, a work day, if you will. Um, and, and really owning that and knowing that I'm raising my vibration and from this, you know, elevated state, I'm going to attract better or at least more appropriate things and people in alignment with who I am now and, and who I want to be and where I want to go. I think that is so beautiful. And I've just recently started kind of doing some of that myself and I've been able to get a better handle on my medical issues because of that, because I'm taking a little time off here and there. Yes. Sometimes our medical issues will force us, you know, when you're in the emergency room, there's no, you know, going live on television, what I do, there's no, you know, creating the next thing. You're not, you know, writing this groundbreaking manuscript from the hospital bit. Maybe you're getting some ideas, but something tells me the medication's kind of taking you out of your creativity. And so sometimes we are literally forced and I'm aware of that now and so conscious of, I don't want to get there. So I'm going to take the preventative steps and measures, even if it seems counterintuitive, even if everyone around me is judging, how many times do you get the must be nice? Nobody had any problem with me working 16 hours a day and being burned out and, and filled with cortisol and, and crying every day and ending up in the hospital. Never, that's like normal. But then you go to the concert, you go on the last minute vacation, you take time off. You know, you even get from the people like, oh, like my waiter the other day, oh, are you not working today? And he didn't even say it to be a hater, but it was just this concept of, can I not be at, at lunch for two hours on a Wednesday by myself in my Pilates outfit? why do I have to be working? It's our culture. And so it is a conscious unsubscribing from that. And and that's why you will probably need to spend some more time alone in quiet. You may have to say goodbye to some relationships. You may have to not write or call some people back. And right now I've moved into a place and I can feel myself maybe disappointing some people who are used to taking and using and taking advantage of me, my energy, my my um, desire to give and being okay with not giving to them so that I'm giving to myself and being okay with being somebody's villain. Uh, can you believe, you know, you hear that must be nice mentality, victim mentality. So please stop yourself. If you see the person on the lovely vacation, if you see the, pe- the person doing whatever it is that you want to be doing, look at that as a sign that that is coming your way. Look at that as that is possible for you. And it will be even more possible for me where you are happy for the person that's doing it and say, oh my gosh, it's so awesome. Enjoy yourself rather than must be nice. <laughs> and it's, it's really important to understand your own healthy boundaries too. And to have those healthy boundaries in place. Cause like you said, there's going to be those people that are accustomed to using and taking and you have to know where to draw the line. And if this person is constantly using and taking and they're at, not adding any kind of value to this relationship or this friendship in any way, that's not actually a friendship. You know, that's that's a symbiotic relationship that is um, that is a worm that's feeding off of the fish. Let's stop being the fish. Yeah, yeah. And listen, this is not easy. This is simple. These are simple concepts that I think nine out of 10 people understand and understand well intellectually. The challenge is putting this into practice consistently and making perhaps behavioral changes that you've never made 
and it will feel uncomfortable. It will feel weird. It will also feel incredibly healthy and liberating and life-giving. And you will be like, gosh, I feel like an entirely different person. And it's because you are, and either they can adapt to that new and improved version of yourself, or they can fall away. And, and either is a blessing. And for me, I'm would rather call in the people who can meet me where I am and who know how to properly love me. I have moments when I'm in my, like, now I feel great when I'm in my moments, I'm in that, you know, and I think this is how it's like the, even a golden retriever puppy is going to bite you after you poke it in the face for the 10th time. And so for me, I'm like, love me properly or respectfully leave me alone. Right. And the people that are afraid to lose those friendships because they think I don't have any other friends. Again, it comes back to putting your, your own sense of value in the wrong things. You're putting your own sense of value into this friendship. That's not really a friendship in the first place. It's okay to let those people go. It's necessary. Right. Right. Absolutely. For so many reasons. Yeah. Yeah, And sometimes it's family members, which is hard too. Um, yeah, that. there's a lot to say on that, but um, I think it's just important that that's even a possibility too, if it needs to be. Right. Yep. I had to do that with my family years ago and I miss them, but that doesn't mean that it would be any benefit to me to allow them back in my life. Oh, and I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that. It's, it's, I, I like my concept too. I've adopted as yes. And I'm sorry to hear that. Yes. And I'm really proud of you for establishing that boundary that sounds like it was um to the benefit of your health it was and thank you i love the way you frame that yes and i need to remember that yes and this sucks yes and this is going to be the catalyst for something so much better yeah yeah absolutely so tell me a little bit about your book what inspired you to write your book yeah, it was this, you know, tragedy I had and, and losing two loved ones to suicide. And it was um, really the birth of, I, I was an athlete for 17 years. I was a competitive swimmer and I knew how hard I had to train my physical muscles to compete at a high level. And I thought there really isn't programs, at least mainstream that talk consistently, you know, it's this obsession in our culture about our physical muscles and appearance but what about our mental, emotional, and spiritual muscles? We aren't working those out on a consistent basis to be strong and resilient and confident from within, which is from within, so so without. And so um, I went back to school and, and studied these concepts and, and created a program that helps us become, you know, Olympic athletes on the inside. I said, my 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 abs, my physical abs, no six pack, but my spirit is the six pack washboard abs. You know, I'll go up against any Olympians. Cause I do, I do the work. I think that's what I love about this book is that it really is a life resource tool that you can refer to again and again. I, I made it for all different types. However you learn your thought process. Um, some people learn by journaling. Some people absorb through meditation. Some need the, the coach Kate check-ins where I ask all of the deep questions, um, which is great, especially if, if you aren't in a place to afford um, a professional coach where you can take yourself through that programming and also with uh, stories with a lot of science and research. So I, I really packed it for everybody and their learning style. And it really is a book for everyone. I think teenage and, and up, I have 80 year olds that give me great feedback. 
I've got the high school and college kids who think, oh my gosh. And I think for myself too, I would have loved this resource when I was growing up because there, there just wasn't this emphasis. And so it does have the spiritual components as long as well as the mental and emotional. And it's called the full spirit workout because it is a play on the full body workout that you often hear advertised at the gym. If the full spirit is about, you know, bringing your full spirit to everything you do and everyone you meet, it's showing up like you mean it. It's knowing that no one can destroy your spirit. They may be able to destroy other things. We see that in our world today, but really, you know, your spirit, it's your experiences, it's your education, it's your relationships, it's your relationship with your yourself and, and source. If you believe in a higher power and that's what I love. Like nobody can ever kill our spirit. I mean, people will try, but you, our, our spirit is eternal. And so it's really living life from this place rather than from the ego. Who's just constantly on our case, telling us that we aren't good enough. And there's enough people out there telling us that we're not good enough. We need to silence the voices in our own heads, trying to repeat the same message. Yeah, absolutely. Do you feel like a lot of these lessons are more difficult to teach now because of social media and how we're tied into um, the value that social media brings to our lives? It's interesting. You know, I, I do think about this and something I hear a lot and even, you know, I love, I love my intuitives that I, I see on social media or that I need. And, you know, I'll do a, a reading with them for instance, and I get this beautiful feedback and a few people have said, and it was such a compliment, but also, you know, they almost phrase it in like, yeah, I can see where it's kind of like a detriment to doing some of these things where they said, your heart is so pure. And I don't even want to put out there that, you know, people, what is that saying? Like good guys finish last. And it's, you know, you see in our culture, um, a lot of evil forces and people with evil intentions, there's just like extreme greed, they will screw everybody and anybody over through lies and everything else to, to get ahead and, and to create this wealth. Um, eventually that catches up to people and anything done in the dark will eventually come to light. And so sometimes it does just, it's like, man, as people say, you're like, you're fighting the good fight with these concepts and really leading with love and, and heart and, and morals and values and strengths and things like that. Um, it's not the, the TikToks that go viral, like here's how to make a million dollars in five hours. That's not what I'm, I'm doing here. Um, I'm teaching the long game, really. It's like doing this work so that you become the person who can actually achieve your cherished goals and live this deeply fun and fulfilling life and, and have the abundance, whatever that means for you and the relationships. And so a lot of it does seem counterintuitive at first, because I'm going against, you know, the thinking of the world that is all of those things that we all know. And so um, I will say this, this does work if you do. And it's been fun for me working with professional coaches for them to just see and even they're just like, wow, you've done the work and it's working. It doesn't happen overnight. Just like getting super fit. You're not dropping 50 pounds of, of fat that's harming your health and getting super fit in a day. It does take time, but that process is so rewarding. And in that time you, you come and, and develop the, the character to maintain that and to take it to the next level and then also teach and help others if, if that's your goal. But, um, this stuff really does work if you do, but, but even like the making, you know, the people that are like, Oh, make a million dollars, do all these things. There's people that do that, but you have to post like 30 times a day and do all that. And so a lot of people, they're not willing to do that either. And so they fail. So why not do something that is actually going to work? And whether you get the million dollars or not, you're going to feel like a gazillionaire on the inside. That's absolutely beautiful. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so who inspires you the most? Mm. <laughs> I, but the first thing that came to mind was God and God to me is love. It's not, it's not religion. Um, 
God inspires me the most, my angels, you know, uh, my loved ones who have crossed over, who are always around and, and guiding and loving and supporting me. I think anyone who um, is willing to see and accept their own divinity and um, lead with that, I'm, I'm kind of in my heart, but leading with that heart and love space. I think people who have stayed true to their values and haven't compromised them, even if it means the end of relationships, jobs, things like that, um, because like I said, the long game, eventually like you get your reward and it does pay off. And sometimes, you know, I think, gosh, if I just would have sold out, I could have had X, Y, and Z, but I'm just like, I have to look at myself in the mirror every morning. I don't want to, I, I can't sell out. So, um, I think people like yourself inspire me. I think people that are willing to admit, like I'm going through a hard time or this happened and it hasn't, it hasn't made you bitter or resentful or outwardly mean, those people inspire me. So people always go, I think, to like celebrities or a big public figure. And there's plenty of inspirational people in that space. But I think the people who inspire me more are like the lady at the Pilates studio, who's like genuinely nice. And I, and truly cares about my answer when she says, how are you doing today? <laughs> you know, Those people inspire me. Awesome. And I know you have a copy of your book there handy. Have you got a part yeah. of it that you would like to read for us? Sure. I'll read you. Um, part of the introduction. I'll kind of look at you because I don't want to go on and on, um, but I'll read a little bit. Um, if you looked at my life from the outside, you might be surprised to learn that I spent most of my years getting in my own way. Despite achieving many goals and building a successful career, I was often in turmoil, filled with anxiety and insecurity. My life was all about impressing other people or attaining some image of success that I borrowed from society. But who was I on the inside? Who was the real me and what did that real me really want? For a long time, I had no idea. If you're anything like I was, you're tired of living a life based on comparison, competition, fear, and lack. You're looking for a system that helps you live your life based on love, support, faith, abundance, and authenticity. Maybe you're doing all the so-called right things to be happy and successful, but something's still missing. Maybe you're afraid you aren't good enough. Join the club. Maybe you feel like you're going nonstop, but for what purpose? Maybe you're asking yourself, is this as good as it gets? You might've even asked yourself, isn't there a way to shed my excess emotional pounce? Isn't there a way to get spiritually fit so that I can finally feel confident fulfilled, peaceful, abundant, loving, and joyful. And I go on, but that is the essence of, of the full spirit workout, the full spirit workout. And where can people find this when they want to go grab it? It's everywhere. Books are sold. It's published through New World Library, which is a phenomenal publisher. They publish one of my favorite books, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, and um, which is like a bestseller 20 something years after the fact. He's amazing. And um, I went with that publisher because they they do really quality books. And again, they kind of share my mission of quality over just like pumping stuff out. Um, so it, we, we really carefully put this together for you, the reader, and it really is a beautiful journey of self-discovery and you can get it anywhere. You can go to the fullspiritworkout.com for more information. And um, I, I really hope you'll work out with me, you know, no sweating required. We're working out our inner muscles, our attitudinal muscles. And it really has just been um, such a gift and joy for me to present these, these concepts to the world. 
awesome. I'm awesome. I'll make sure that I have links in the uh, show description so that people can find your social medias and your uh, books and they can go out and purchase your books. Uh, my favorite question is always the one that I say for the very last question. And this is how I love to end the episode is with your message telling us what is one thing that you truly love about yourself that's not related to your physical appearance? Mm. I love the fight in me and that I never give up even when I want to, and that I continue to come from a place of love and believe in myself and humanity, even when it's hard. And that I really just want to be such a huge source of light and inspiration in people's lives. And I, I truly, truly care about you, whether we just met or I've known you. And um, I haven't compromised my values, uh, despite many situations that um, would have rewarded me for that, uh, candidly. So um, I'd love my full spirit. <laughs> <laughs> If you've enjoyed tonight's episode, please make sure you check out the episode description. There you'll find links on how you can learn more about this guest, links to connect with them on social media, and how to support the podcast. Remember, I don't get paid to do this. My boss is a bit tight-fisted. I can say that. I work for myself. In short, this show really is all about the guest. If you've enjoyed their interview, please feel free to let them know. You can also tune in to my other podcast, Growth from Darkness, which is co-hosted by a lovely lady from Australia. We talk about what trauma responses are and healthy ways to move beyond the past. For more information, just go to growthfromdarkness.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash growth from darkness. <laughs>